Praise the Lord. You may be seated for a moment or two. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday night, midweek service. The last Wednesday of the month is what we call Just the Word. And uh, we give the musicians a night off, a little extra rest, and we get right into the book. Praise the Lord. If you were here Sunday morning and caught Pastor Blackshear from Life Church in Anchorage, I know you were blessed, you were, you were in awe, you were fed, you were enriched. If you were not here or you want to hear it again, it's on the podcast site. If you did not hear last night's Time to Grow, you need to get on there and check that out. And that was, that was another level, Te Brother Josh teaching on cravings, I was fed, I was inspired, I know I'm biased, but hey, good word is good word, praise the Lord. Challenging, encouraging, and thought-provoking, praise the Lord. Good to have our visitors tonight, home folk, the Lord richly bless you, you are why the lights are on. You are why the lights are on, and we keep doing this. Every night, Brother Mike and Brother Anthony and I were out the highway tonight, and I asked Brother Mike, I don't think anybody even sees us out here waving these signs, but the Lord sees us, I know that, and I just appreciate faithful people that are willing to sacrifice and be involved in the work of God. What a, what a small cost to pay. The, the men we talk about in the Bible all the time, they gave their life for the gospel. They were beat up and drugged through towns and out of cities and all for preaching. God bless you and your faithfulness tonight. I am excited about Revelation chapter 2. Tonight, Revelation chapter number 2. And we're going to read a verse that appears, at least the statement, the content of this verse, appears many times in Revelation. I'll talk about that, Lord willing, before too long. The Bible said, He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. That's all I want to take out of that, but would you read it in concert with me out loud? He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit, pardon me, saith unto the churches. And I want to talk tonight from this thought. What did he say? Look at somebody say, what did he say? Say it like you mean it now, not like you're taking medicine. What did he say? Oh, my word. What did he say? God, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your precious spirit, Lord. Help us, God, to be led of that spirit. Lord, to do no more and no less than is your divine purpose and will for this moment and this hour. Feed every soul. Feed every heart. Encourage every mind. Renew, God, those that have fallen. Pick up those, God, that are dreary and depressed and downtrodden tonight. Renew our spirit in the Lord, I pray. We'll give you all the glory for it in the name of Jesus. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? This is for him tonight. It's all for Jesus tonight. It's all for the Lord Jesus tonight. What did he say? You may be seated. Praise the Lord. I want to go inside your mind for a couple of minutes tonight to the place where you would identify as your thinking cap. 
I don't want your church face. I want that person inside of you, inside of the church face, behind the mask. And I ask you this tonight among a half dozen questions I'm going to bring to your, uh, to your thoughts. Does anybody in this room believe? Does anybody think before you respond, okay? Does anybody believe that God is ever, God is ever silent? And I think everybody in the room, if you were allowed to be non-pressurized or in the moment, would say, yeah, it seems to me like God's silent more often than he is vocal. You don't like that, do you, tonight? All right. I feel good. You're not getting me down tonight. I don't care. I feel good in my soul. God is silent. We know that. Too often, in my opinion, forgive me, Savior, but often God is silent when I'm looking for something. Does God, does God the creator of all mankind, the Almighty, the God of your Bible, does He through any means, does He through any measure or methods, does that kind of God, does that personal one God ever speak to common people like you and I? We know He's silent, but does He ever look at you personally and speak into your life? Do you really believe that? Why is there only 25 people here on prayer meeting night then? You just said you believe it. Oh, boy. I'm going to come on. Hallelujah. Through any means or measures or methods, does God speak to us? He certainly can. Common men, ordinary men. I know that he talked to Adam. Would you acknowledge that? I know that he talked to Noah. Would you acknowledge that? I know that he talked to the psalmist David. We know that, right? I know he talked to a man named Saul on the road to Damascus. Would you acknowledge that? He became Paul, didn't he? I know he talked to a man named John on the old island called Patmos. We know that because we've got the book of Revelation. I know and can prove to you that God speaks by the scriptures to spiritual leaders and, and political leaders all over the world. He spoke to Pharaoh. He gave Pharaoh dreams that he had to have Joseph interpret. Why didn't God just talk to Joseph? He talked to a man named Cyrus. Cyrus was a rebel, a heathen-worshipping, idol-serving man. And God talked to Cyrus and said, put money in Nehemiah's pocket and send him back to Jerusalem. So I know he talks to patriarchs. He talks to political hierarchy, powerful men in the world. But why is it he seems so silent to me? In Matthew 27, 19, Sister Pleo, he talks sternly to Pilate's wife. 
oh, I just kind of feel like I'm out of my body right now in a moment. For a moment. I haven't had too much coffee. I'm just saying I'm feeling the Holy Ghost in a rich way tonight. He talks to Pilate's wife. And she has to go to her man and says, oh, don't have anything to do with that man right there. There's been a whole lot going on in my dreams about God is in the talking business. But when I pray, when I seek God, I often just have to wonder about the blanks I leave out there. Can I be real tonight? Can I be real tonight? In Exodus 20, verse 19, the common people, like you and I, Brother Bob, they looked at Moses and said, don't let God talk to us. We'll probably die if God talks to us. So do I really want God to talk to me? Even if I do, I'm asking you to consider this thought. Does God that made it all by his word, does he even consider talking to average people like you and I? Does he talk to you driving down the road? You're saying, yeah, what if I ask you to give me an example? And I, hope, I, I want you to go with me. I appreciate it. I like the interaction. I'm not worried about it. Does he talk to you randomly out of the blue? When was the last time he talked to you? And what did it sound like? John said in Revelation 1 verse 15 that his voice sounded like the voice of many waters. Ezekiel 10 verse 5, the prophet, you guys have been reading that. Ezekiel 10 verse 5, the prophet said, when I heard, when I heard the noise, the volume of noise that was going on in the outer court by the cherubims, he said it reminded me of the voice of God when he speaks to me. In John 12, 28 and 9, God spoke when the when the, the Spirit spoke to the man, Jesus, on the earth. And the Bible said in verse 29 that when they heard it, the people said, it sounds like it's thundering out there. If God talks to me, am I going to be able to recognize what he's saying? Forgive me. Forgive me. God, forgive me. May I allow... Am I allowed to meander somewhere? I want to go as a man, as a person. But wouldn't it be easier if when we went to God in prayer, he would respond vocally? Wouldn't it seem like, now I'm on board with you, if you would out loud talk to me, Lord? I can tell you this, that my inward thoughts that I have 24-7 almost talk to me all the time. And my inner voice, Brother Rick, is really loud. It's really loud. It, it overdubs God. It overdubs the devil. It overdubs you. 
That inward voice that talks to me inside of my, my mind, it's going nonstop. I don't have any problem identifying, man, I wish I could just get away from these thoughts for a while. Ever shake your head thinking, I, I just need to get out from under this cloud of what I'm thinking for a while. My thoughts don't take a day off. Mankind speaks to me. You tell me what you think. People on the job tell you what you think, tell you what they think. So my thoughts talk to me. Mankind talks to me. And I know that I know that I know the devil talks to me. Uh, you don't, some of you don't want me to talk about that, do you? I, you know what? You know what's wrong in the church, if anything? You don't want me to go there. I know you don't. We have painted Jesus to be the, to the God we want him to be. Not always the God the Bible reveals him to be. We, we want God to be the type of God we expect him to be. No, that ain't about right. That is 100% dead, dead on in the bullseye. He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of compassion. He is a God of true sacrificial concern for you and I. But he's also a God that said, One day every knee shall bow to me and every tongue will confess. I know the devil speaks to me. I'm not glorifying him. Just because you put your head in the sand doesn't mean he goes away. He talks to you too. Don't want me to preach too long tonight. I know my thoughts hound me. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Mankind talks to me. And the devil takes every waking, every opportunity, every open moment he can. So why does it seem so difficult to get God to respond to me? I'm just being, I'm going somewhere tonight, I'm trying to. I hear me, I hear you, I hear the devil. And when I pray for God to talk to me. Sometimes it seems like he doesn't. I know he can. I know he does. I know he has. In Luke chapter 23, Herod is so excited to meet Jesus. Verse 8 and 9. He's got nothing but questions for this man. He wanted to see a miracle performed by the Lord. So he just, he's just machine gunning off questions to Jesus. And verse 9 said, Jesus just stood there and didn't even say a single word. Now 
Put your eyes up on the microscope with me right now, please. Eight times in the book of Revelation, John said, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying, is saying. Why would you have to tell me that, John? If you're speaking, am I not going to just naturally hear it? Probably not. Meaning me. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Is John telling us that God has a corporate voice as, long, as well as a personal voice? Is John saying there's a connection or a disconnection depending on where we are coming from? In the voice of God. You know, in my opinion, why the people in Exodus 20 said, Don't let God talk to us, we'll die. Because the only thing they knew was the corporate voice of God. Moses came down, he didn't even look the same. Hair was gray, white. Countenance changed, had to cover his head for a while. Something about being in the presence of God makes you act and look and be a different person. So when people tell me, oh, just prayer meeting. No, it wasn't just prayer meeting. Oh, Moses, it was just a moment between you and God. No, it wasn't just a moment between him and God. The reason they feared God, because all they knew was the corporate voice of God. God said, you get near this mountain, I'll kill you. That's all they knew about him. Is that all I'm supposed to know about God? I personally believe <coughs> concerning the corporate and the personal voice of God. <coughs> I personally believe that depending on where we are right now in our life determines which voice God uses to speak to us. If I'm living in rebellion, if I'm living in darkness, if I'm choosing to be out of the will of God, if I'm ignoring the voice of God, if God is knocking on my heart and I'm just saying I'm busy, that's not God, turn the radio on, I don't want to hear that, then God, then God, I believe with all that's within me, may, may squeeze into that corporate side of his voice. He said, harden not your heart as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and said, proved me, tried to prove me with their works. When it was just rebellion then. Say it again. I personally believe that depending on where I am in life right now, determines which voice God will use to speak to me. Now, at the risk of sounding a little too spiritual, I asked some of you kind of recently, maybe a month ago, I text a bunch of you in the morning, a bunch of my pastor friends, my kids, my cousins, 
many of you. Have you noticed enough in your, in your life, in your daily affairs of life? Have you noticed moments when you seem more spiritually sensitive every day? And some of you responded, yeah, sure, in the morning. It seems like my mind is clearer. Pastor Mendenhall said, definitely not morning. I'm an evening person. He said, my mind is just engaged in the evening. The word's clearer to me. And Brother Glo Pastor Glover said, oh, I'm morning all the way, like a lot of you did. The important thing, I believe, is not necessarily when, but if we're able to recognize the moment. I, I don't believe that God is more of a prayer-answering God at 6 a.m. than he is at 6 p.m. That's us right there. That's our clock and calendar. But I do believe the important thing is recognizing through sensitivity of the Holy Ghost that God is trying to talk to me right now. Uh, how often do I obey or ignore the prompts of God? In Matthew 12 verse 19, the writer said we can't hear God's voice in the streets. You know what that means translated? You and I in our language... And wherever there's worldly chaos going on. So you know what Christians have learned to do? Not necessarily you or me or anybody, but just Christians running from God. They've learned to get so much noise in their life. So much outside influence in their mind. That they can't hear God. There's so much chaos. God is whispering or knocking or nudging or prompting or ushering. And they can't hear him. Many of you said, most certainly it's afternoons when I'm wide awake, in the evenings when I've had time to process the day and I'm slowing down. It doesn't matter the time. What does matter is that you are recognizing a moment that God's trying to get inside of your head. And I believe every one of us, every day, God is trying to talk to us. I'm going, God, won't you speak to me? And I think God is saying, I'm trying to speak to you. The truth of the matter is this, though. The more I ignore God, the less I hear him. So if you're just not sure about the time of the day, let me just put it this way. What, what time of the day or night do you think the clearest? Clearest. When is it easiest for you to make good decisions? When, Brother Anthony, when people ask me for, I got to have an answer now, and they just blow it on me, boom, I need now. I'm like, sorry, you're, you've got, you got to go talk to some other preacher. Because if you pressure me into now, I got to have a little bit of time to process it, chew on it, think about it. If I do this, what's going to be the outcome? If I do that, what's going to be the outcome? Sometimes you just need some time to mull things over. That's why it's never good to make life-changing decisions on the spur of the moment. Take some time. Let God, let God simmer that thing in your soul. Let God work that thing over in your heart. 
But maybe it's easier to look at the negative side. Maybe I can see things in my life that come against me that prompt me to go into dark areas. Am I right to talk about that? Things that prompt me to get angry, prompt me into depression, prompt me into hostilities, prompt me into unforgiveness, bitterness. Why did I go there? Did I ignore a Holy Ghost nudge? Did, the inner, did that small, still voice inside of me just not get my attention? Was there an unction from God that I just ignored or said, not now? Nobody does that in here but me. I know that. That's why you need to pray so much for me. I said this recently, and I want to just, I want to address it again with a little more meat to the matter. We've all learned by the time you get six months living on your own as a young adult, we all learn about things that prompt us. You can't handle traffic. Stay home. If people just, if you just want to fight everybody that cuts you off, go the back roads. You know you're going to get angry. And maybe you can't help it. You know, I understand traveling during the rush hour. I get it. But what I'm trying to get at is one of those simple things is that when you've got $50 in your pocket and you're going to the grocery store because you need this and that and that and this, and you should get out of there for 20 bucks, and you go out of there spending all the 50 and putting another 50 on your credit card when you shouldn't have. Why? Because I went hungry. And I just could not resist the temptation or the prompting of my flesh. So sooner or later you go, i got to get smarter than that. Hello? I've got to eat a popsicle before I go to the grocery store. That's not dumb. It's, it's wisdom. <laughs> it prompts me into going somewhere I don't want to go. I would venture to say that no one in this room, maybe no more than two other people besides myself, I don't think, have ever read the magazine titled The Grocer. It's a monthly publication, has been in circulation since the 18, I didn't mean 19, since the 1860s. In management, they used to make us read it every time it came in, cover to cover. It talks about trends and what's coming and what's going and modernism and how the mom and pop survives, how the mom and pop dies, all the things that have to do with retail. Grocer Magazine said 50% of people surveyed admitted to overspending not only when they're hungry, but when they're angry, when they're depressed. Who cares? I'm buying it anyway. I'm a... And they know that. That's why all of those check stands up front that you visit last are full of, are full of these impulse items. All high margin, maybe low dollar, but high margin items. Like Twinkies. Like candy. They got the Mountain Dew machine right there too. Low dollar, I don't feel bad about spending three bucks for Mountain Dew, but it's high margin to the retailer. 
And what are they doing? They're playing on my flesh being prompted to go somewhere I really don't want to go. In larger retail stores, Walmart's got several, but in in just average everyday mom and pop stores that are busy, they've got full-time employees that do nothing but those impulse areas at the check stand. And Grocer Magazine said, people that are depressed say, I don't give a food anymore. I'm hungry, I'm eating it. I don't need that, but I'm buying it anyway. Because life's in the pits anyway. Things that prompt us. By the way, what, what did God just say? Trigger points. They're everywhere around us. But the good thing about promptings, they can lead you and I to good places as well. The voice of God's desire in our life is to prompt us to good places. Faithful places. When you hear run away, give up on God, throw the Bible in the trash can, never go back to church, that isn't God prompting you. I know whose voice that is. That's the voice I'm very familiar with in my life. But let me just give you a couple examples, and I'm going to try to cruise here. Good things can be prompted if we're able to recognize God's voice in the middle of it. Very often. This may not be the model that works for you, and that's fine. But often... I will hear that inward witness of God in the morning if I start my day off with a couple of minutes of prayer. I don't ever get out of bed shouting and talking in tongues. Don't ever get out of bed wailing and travailing. But I know this, that if I just open my mouth and just start somewhere early in the first few moments. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you that you got me up again today, Lord. You didn't have to give me this moment, but thank you, Lord. You didn't have to spare my life another day, but thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, as, as God is alive today, I've heard him respond to me, speak into my soul. It's a prompting. I'm actually prompting God. And every time I've got in a place where I call prayer, prayer meeting, in the car, wherever it is, if I'm taking the moment serious, every time, I've I've just learned to keep three by fives in my pockets, coats, everything. I have had God speak to me about scriptures if once I can't even number the amount of times. When I start praying and I'm taking the moment seriously. What's going on? You're prompting God. God, I'm I'm asking you, talk to me. Talk to me.
But a, a prophecy of the Old Testament prophet Amos said, Behold, the days come. He's prophesying of an hour, a moment. Saith the Lord God that I'm sending a famine. It's not a food famine, natural food famine, but of hearing the words of the Lord. 400 silent years between the time Malachi set his pen down and John the Baptist showed up on the banks of the Jordan River. 400 years. Not one preacher, not one prophet, not one voice, not one radio broadcast, not one television broadcast. Nobody preached. Not one word from God. Two, two turns in that road right there. There's two turns right there in that road. Some people like it when God doesn't talk to them. I have nothing to do if God doesn't tell me. But then there are other people who get concerned as to why God isn't talking to them. Don't, don't raise your hand if don't, don't play with me here, but if you're serious and, and what I say to you makes sense and you've been there, show me your hand. But I have been, wait now, let me tell you the scenario here. I have been in the place in my ministry, it's been a few years, most frightening thing I've ever been through in my life. I prayed, I fasted, I sought God, I, I counseled with elders that were wise men, and I just, I went through a period of time, it was over a year, absolutely, 100%, never felt the presence of God, sensed the presence of God, preached all the way through it. I'd tell God, I'd ask God, what is going on? Yesterday I felt your spirit, now I'm just dry. I checked my motives. I wasn't living in sin, just wasn't there. Some people get there and they, they don't even care. Daniel was told, don't pray for 30 days. Some people are like, oh, we can do that, no problem. We'll cruise through that. Daniel said, I can't, I can't handle that. Open the windows toward Jerusalem. Let's have a prayer meeting, praise the Lord. I went over a year. I, I don't understand. God, I, I fleeced God. I begged God. I interceded. Anybody ever been there like that? Four hundred years of that is what Israel endured. Proverbially speaking, they went to church, no preacher. They went to prayer, no God. They knocked on doors, no responses. They fasted, nothing. 400 years. There's some things about, you know, you come to the house of God, you get into the word, and you sing, and you worship. And, and it's not about the feeling, but it's nice to know. It's nice to feel God in that. No, it's not all about the feeling, but it's, it's nice to know when you... So my last question is this. 
Are we able to fellowship with him even if he remains silent? Even if when I think, God, you really need to talk to me now because I am about to lose it. Some people need signs and wonders and this and that. And don't get me wrong, I like it. I like them. But I think maturity in the Holy Ghost sense demands that we're able to fellowship with Him even without a feeling. Even if He does not respond to my request. Because what am I? I can't even, I can't even see past you hardly. I don't know how God works and how this whole thing comes to, into, into being with God's wisdom. I just think he's ignoring me sometimes. But I really don't know that. God does speak. God does talk to us. The question becomes now not does he speak, but can I hear him? I can tell you this for certain. If my mind's on junk and garbage and worldly stuff, I'll never hear him. Never hear him. Sometimes you got to clean out your closet, your mind, to hear from God. To name a few places, though, he speaks through his word. If I didn't get anything out of his word, he'll speak through prayer. If he didn't speak to me in prayer, he might speak to me in a dream. Anybody ever had a dream you know that you know that you know was God? Sure. I mean, Job 33 bears that out. It's God's all about dreams sometimes. He speaks through situations. Ever gone through anything? And then you look back and go, whew. I'm glad I'm through it, but I'm a better man now because I went through that as well. God speaks through situations. And this is, this is the real McCoy, if you would. God speaks through people. Oh, he speaks through Caleb to me. Great, whatever, all right? However he got to get through to you, let him do it. But God speaks through people. Living, breathing people that God loves and blesses. It's amazing what we might learn and how we might, how we might grow in the kingdom of God if we'll just start listening to each other. Every time the one of those cars goes by and honks, I, my prayer, God bless that person. If they don't know truth, bring them to the knowledge of truth, God. If they have enough love for just the generic church house that they, they give us an attaboy out there. God, would you do a great and mighty work in their life? Don't tell me God won't speak through anybody anywhere. I know he does. He'll speak through your pagan serving boss. He will. If you've ever been 
politely or impolitely rebuked by someone on your job. Sometimes it's uncalled for and, and, and not justified, but sometimes when we are goofing off and taking the boss's money and not earning it properly, and someone in charge might go come by you and say, hey, get up, come on, pull your weight. And you get all, I get all huffed up out of, who do you think I am? I, who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. No, sometimes those skulls of the world are directed by God. No wonder he said, sometimes children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Ah, anyway. What did God say? I think God said, I really am listening. I really am trying to pray, answer you. What did that angel tell Daniel? I heard you pray the first day. You know what we don't give enough credit to in life, and I'm not trying to glorify evil or wicked. We don't give enough honest credibility to spiritual warfare going on around in our life. Because you know I know why God doesn't just vocally talk to you? Because there is a prince of the power of the air. And he knows if I can just live in silence and wonder why God isn't getting through to me, I'll get discouraged. I'll make a bad choice or decision. Does God speak to us? He really does. He really does. I, 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 love, I love people. But I get frustrated when, when praying people, supposed praying people say, why is God doing this to me? And I'm like, you kidding me? Have you not looked at the own chart of your life in the last six months? God's not doing anything. Sometimes it's just my indifference with hearing the voice of God. I meant all that to be positive tonight. God is speaking. God is talking. But are you listening? Hey, hey, leaders, are you listening to God? Hey, husbands, are you listening to God? Wives, you listening to God? Oh. What what did he say? He said that I want to talk to people in the personal tone. And not the corporate voice. That's the kind of that's the kind of savior Jesus is. He wants us to be so keen into his voice that when he speaks, we're like, mm, what was that? Write that down. Let me go over in the corner by myself and pray about that a minute. Let me clear, let me just give me a moment to be alone so I can process what I just heard in my mind. Hearing from God, brothers and sisters, is more than getting sermon material for Wednesday night. 
I want him to talk to me about how to spend my money, how to react to people, how to be a better person. I want him to talk to me personally about how to be a better pastor. I want him to talk to me personally about how to be a better father to my kids. All right, I'm done talking. I got a headache. Questions, comments, or remarks? Anybody? Brother Larry. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, God, God will use any measure to get through to us. There's so many places in the scripture, and you know this already. Excuse me. I'm just going to just heap a little bit of... Uh, high five upon your knowledge base already. But God says things in the word that we take literally when in fact he's speaking metaphorically. And we're missing the voice of God in those things. What I'm trying to get at. For example, Psalm 50. David said, God spoke. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I got news for you. He's not in the cattle business. It's a metaphor. He's trying to tell us, I got all of this under control. I own it all. I have all power. So when I look at that and I think, oh, well, that belongs to God. He's trying to talk to me in a deeper way here. The scriptures are more profound than just saying, oh, it's simple. They're not so deep that we can't observe and find. Always pray for God's will. Uh, one of you brothers, um, take that from now on so Sis doesn't have to run around, drag the mic around. One of you guys do that for her.
Has God ever used Sister Kim to speak to you? Oh, I know he has many times. Good example, right? Good example. Good example. Good example. Anybody else shows your hand, you can have the mic. Question, comment, remark. God speak to you. You're a better man when you go to church. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Anybody else? What a mighty God we serve. <clears throat> Lance, you had your hand up, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, so we can have it on the recording. Thank you.
Yeah, sure. Come on now. Yeah. Anybody ever, and maybe I've, maybe I've already said this, you ever just wish God would just say, yes or no? All I need, God, just yes or no. I'm not mocking God. You know I'm not. We're just flesh. He knows that. And sometimes he does, Brother Lance. He says it, but I have to listen in a different dimension. Anybody else? What a good God we serve. Hallelujah. Oh, mercy. I'm calmed down now. I can start preaching right now. Hallelujah. God, we love you and thank you for what you're doing tonight. Trust you, Lord, because you're in charge. You're in control. It is your will and your word, God, that we be successful in our endeavors to please you, Lord, and endeavors to win souls and, and turn the world upside down for the gospel's sake. We thank you, Lord, for hungry hearts and thirsty souls, Lord. Answer and heed, Lord God of heaven, our, our misunderstandings and help us to grow and progress, God. Give us that strength to survive and not only survive but overcome. We'll give you praise and glory for it, God. What are you saying to me, God? What did you say to me, God? Help me to understand like I have never understood Comprehend like I've never comprehended. Realize when I've, what I've never realized before, God, that you do speak, that you do talk, that you do prompt and unction us in the name of the Lord Jesus. What did God say? God bless you tonight. Yeah. Microphone, you need it? Microphone, if it's going to go on, the, if it's subject related, please. Thank you. Please tell me. That's a long time. <laughs> it was quite a bit after a year. Who, by the way, I ask you to show me your hands if you've ever been there where you prayed a long time, fasted, and God just, there was just nothing there. That isn't, that's a weird feeling, isn't it? It's a lonely feeling. It's a frightening feeling to me. He's not the humble Galilean when I'm that afraid. He's God, and I'm trying to figure out what I did to offend him. Well, it's just, it's, it's varied. If you're thinking of something in particular, I, I just know this, that, that I worked at Kenai, and I was traveling back and forth with a, a meat cutter named Aaron Goforth, and he, he had a little low-wing Cessna, and we would fly like four days a week. And that old Baptist, backslidden Baptist preacher that Aaron Goforth was, he would just start singing gospel music in that plane. And, and it, was just, it was just a simple thing. Maybe I just finally got to my, the point where I realized God doesn't just talk to Pentecostals. God doesn't just talk to churchgoers. But anyway, um, it, like, like 
like a landslide, I just had a, I had a, a revelation that it's not difficult to hear from God. And I, ju I just started apologizing to God because I was like, what are you doing? Why are you not talking all the stuff you could imagine? People that are afraid do crazy things. Anyway, thank you, Lord, that he just gave me more than I ever possessed and over and over again, renewed my understanding, refilled me with the Spirit. I never lost it, but he just refreshed everything so that it, it was like a baby all over again to my soul. Look, some of you are bored. I don't get that. I feel God so much tonight in, in this house. I, I, I want to hear God when he talks to me. Sometimes people say, you've got a word for me, Pastor. I'm like, you kidding me? I'm trying to get him to talk to me about me right now. Joking. God love you. God love you. All right, go ahead. You're dismissed. Bless you.